This is the Washington State Indivisible Podcast, part of the Demcast family of podcasts. I'm your host, Stephen Cox. Today, as part of our town hall series in partnership with the Washington Indivisible Network and Indivisible Tacoma, we present a conversation with Representative Mike Pellicciotti, who is running for state treasurer. Our conversation was recorded live on the evening of Tuesday, September 1st. Mike Pellicciotti is state representative for the 30th Legislative District. He was a Fulbright Scholar in Economic Development, and he has worked as an economic crimes prosecutor. As an assistant attorney general, he has managed a state unit combating financial fraud here in the state, and he is running for state treasurer, and it is always great to see him. Representative Pellicciotti, hello. It's great. It's great to see you again, Stefan. It's great to see so many friends uh, on this call as well. It's great to see people from all around the state. Well, we've definitely got that here tonight, and we are here on a singular mission, which is to get you and your fellow candidates up and across the finish line in November. So I'm going to, I've been asking everybody tonight for their job description. I'm going to read yours, and you, you tell me how I do. You can grade me. So the state treasurer is responsible for managing the state's cash assets and allocating investments. He or she is also responsible for servicing the state's debt through the issuance of state bonds and is part of the Washington State Investment Board. The treasurer helps oversee the investment of state pension and retirement funds. So how'd I do? That was great. Yeah, no, that's, that's, you got, you got most of it. And, and, and really the focus, you know, is these things affect people's everyday lives, right? The job of the treasurer, you mentioned the state investment board, for example, um, oversees whether or not people's retirements are there when they retire. It, it manages our state investments. It figures out a hundred billion dollars of what we're investing in and, uh, you know, protects things like the, the GET program, the guaranteed education tuition program. So when folks invest their kids' uh, tuition, uh, that the kids' or grandkids' uh, tuition dollars, that that investment is being protected. Um, and a range of other small business grants or economic development committees, and, and make sure that we have affordable housing. We can finance uh, affordable housing in our state, especially for seniors in continuous care. Well, the way that we spend our money and in, indeed the way that we invest our money speaks to our values. And I want to drill down on that with you in just a moment. But I want to start with the August primary because I, I will uh, say to people who may not know, you came out ahead of the incumbent with over 53 percent of the vote, which is just tremendous. What do you feel made the difference there? Well, for starters, I had support from so many people who are on this call, and obviously we were really thrilled with the result. Um, yeah, we won by six and a half points. It's actually, I, at least what I've been able to find, the first time a sitting incumbent uh, in a partisan race like this has uh, lost a head-to-head primary. Um, so we are really excited about what this this says, but we have a long way to go. I think a big part of it is, you know, as I talked about the last time I was on this call, um, being a one of the only state elected officials who's never taken any corporate donations uh, in a position where it is uh, critical, and there is no position in state government where it's more important not to have those corporate campaign donation entanglements uh, than the position state treasurer. And, you know, I think also as we go in, as we deal with the economic crisis we're in, um, we have a current uh, incumbent uh, who is just not showing up for the job uh, at a time when we need all hands on deck. Uh, He's just not doing what he needs to do. And, you know, it's just not in line with the values of our state and what also is not in line with the values of our state is the fact that he supports Donald Trump for president. He reiterated that just the other day, uh, that not only has he voted for Donald Trump, but he supports Donald Trump again uh, in this election. And 
uh, it's time for change. And I think the people of Washington uh, realize that. Corporate entanglements, uh, not showing up for the job, supports Trump. Um, put a pin in all those. Let's let's go through those one by one. So this actually is part of a quote that you gave after the primary. You said, quote, the people of Washington are ready to get corporate campaign entanglements out of the treasurer's office to bring transparency, hands-on management, and advocacy for working and middle-class families in this difficult economic time. So when you say uh, your opponent's corporate entanglements are uh, negatively impacting the people of Washington, can you be more specific? How do you mean? Sure. Well, let's just look at last month. I mean, he took uh, a check from the same tobacco company that he has invested tens of millions of your tax dollars in. Tens of millions of your tax dollars. And he accepted a check from that same company, the same company who had given him a contribution right before his term as president. Oh, I'm sorry, as treasurer. And I think that, um, you know, I can use that example, the, the fact he's taken money from uh, various banks that he regulates um, and that uh, he also invests your uh, money in. It, it's the, the type of thing where anyone objectively stepping back would say, well, that doesn't make sense. Can he even do that? And, and the answer is, well, not if the people of the state of Washington say no through the ballot box. And that's why I think these issues are important. It's important to get those corporate campaign donation entanglements out of that office, not just because of the appearance of those issues, um, but also because, um, you know, one of the things the treasurer, especially in a state like Washington, should be doing more of is doing what's called shareholder engagement, which means connecting and making sure that companies that we own stock in are actually following their own internal policies. So on issues like climate change, on issues like gender diversity on corporate boards, on issues like diver general ethnic and other forms of and racial diversity on corporate boards, making sure we're holding their feet to the fire and following their own internal policies. And you know, it, it shouldn't shock anyone that the current state treasurer just hasn't been leading in the way we would expect the state of Washington to be leading on these issues. And um, it's exactly consistent with our obligation to be minimizing the risk to our long-term investments that the uh, treasurer through the treasurer's role in the state investment board is really uh, making sure those things are, are taking place. So I, I, there is no doubt that getting corporate campaign donation entanglements out of the position of state treasurer is critical. Uh, and it's something that, that I think uh, is going to make a big difference when I'm serving the state treasurer instead. Absolutely. I mean, it loops right back to what we were talking about in terms of investments being a reflection of our values. You also mentioned that the current treasurer has not been transparent. Uh, how will you work to bring more transparency to the job? Well, I think, you know, it doesn't come as a surprise to a lot of people who, who are part of our conversation today that, that they have no idea how our investments, what our investments are all about. The fact that the the state of Washington and, and the treasurer in particular has a hand in investing over $100 billion of your money, um, the people of the state of Washington should know what the state is doing on their behalf. Um, and, you know, when I bring up the example related to the fact that the treasurer is supporting investment in the same uh, tobacco companies that he's taking money in, well, well, that's the type of thing that the public should have awareness of. And um, the fact that, that it, it kind of almost shocks the conscience, but yet the fact you don't know about that tells you that there isn't the transparency there needs to be. And when you're dealing with finances, it's that much more important. It's why in the legislature, I led the passage of laws to get dark money out of Washington state politics, uh, led the passage of laws, introduced uh, laws that were passed and signed by the governor to get uh, more political action committee transparency. Because when you have this financial transparency, it makes a difference related to policies in general. And we saw this related to an election. We we're just hearing Senator Leas talk about 
a good candidate that we have in the 28th legislative district. Well, there was a uh, a political mailer put out that, in my opinion, was a racially charged political mailer uh, against that candidate in the 28th legislative district. Um, and because of the bills that I wrote and passed into law, for the first time, it actually identified who the top donors were to that political ad for the first time. And guess what happened? People got that mailer and said, why are these groups funding this inappropriate ad? And what happened? Those groups that were funding it had to backpedal. They started implementing new policies in the way that they were investing in campaigns and who they, how they were investing. It changes policies when people know how finances are working and where and how that money's moving. And that's something I'm really excited to do. It's the reason the legislature, I was the first legislator to step forward and uh, voluntarily provide my public records while calling on the legislature to do the same. Um, and now we have more transparency in the legislature as a result as well. And, and all of those things lead to good government. We need that now more than ever. And uh, it's something that I think is particularly uh, important when it comes to state treasurer's race. Transparency, you're talking about transparency. You're also talking about accountability for unethical behavior, which is in short supply these days, I'm afraid. So that would certainly be a, a breath of fresh air. I want to talk a little bit about the budget shortfall that we are, are facing here in the states. We are looking at an $8.8 .8 billion shortfall over the next three years. How would you help address this as treasurer? Well, one of the things I'm going to do is I'm actually going to do what our bond rating agencies advise. And that's, I think it's been one of the challenges that's, that's been, uh, been the case in the last few years is that the legislature really doesn't listen to the current state treasurer. And, and on these issues, um, the state treasurer is only as effective and only has as much power as the legislature listens to the state treasurer. And, you know, as someone who has served on fiscal committee, current fiscal committees, who currently serves on the Capital Budget Committee and obviously has served and navigated uh, legislation uh, to the governor's desk, you know, I, I have a better understanding of how that works. And, you know, we have a current state treasurer right now who um, has hired a contract lobbyist to interact with the legislature. Um, well, that's just not going to get the job done. You know, the, the, your state treasurer should be able uh, to interact and navigate these issues with the legislature. It's something that that I obviously as a current legislator, I'm doing, I'm already being uh, included in, in certain discussions related to the budget. And I think that that's something that's going to be very important as we go forward to make sure that we're actually doing what the bond rating agencies advise and, and considering all aspects of that, not just the, the partisan interests that the current treasurer has to be articulating related to his desire uh, you know, to, to have nothing but budget cuts and, and ultimately lead to austerity in our state that in a way that I think is inconsistent with uh, the expectations, certainly both our bond rating agencies uh, and I think the people of the state of Washington. You know, I, I do think that it's just worth reemphasizing here that you are the one with these relationships with the legislature from your work on financial committees. It's important, right? Yeah, I, I think that's a big part of it. I mean, I, I really do think that you need to be able to, um, you know, frankly, have the ear of the state legislature. Um, I, I don't think there that that many people would would disagree with the notion that the, you know the, the state treasurer when the state treasurer says something um, that the legislature should listen and it's something that I'm going to do. I'm, look, I'm going to be an independent treasurer. I'm going to be somebody who makes sure that we're always watching out for the the financial uh, interests of the, the people of the state of Washington. Um, but but at the same time, um, I, I when I say something, it's going to be very important that the legislature listens to to the to me. And and I think that right now we have it set up where you know. Frankly, a lot of my colleagues, if not the majority of my colleagues, uh, don't even know who our state treasurer is, let alone 
have any interest with what the state treasurer has to say. And, you know, the fact that he's a Trump supporting state treasurer doesn't really help in, in his credibility in, in really representing the, the people of Washington. You've mentioned that he's the only statewide elected official in the West Coast who supports Donald Trump for president. I'm wondering, just on a gut level, what do you make of that? And, and how do you see this race as reflective of what's happening at the national level? Well, look, I mean, in, in every way, I mean, obviously, this the old saying, Tip O'Neill, all politics is local. But I, I do think that um, we're seeing the impact, even just related to our state budget, based on uh, the the mistakes that the federal government is making on a regular basis. And, uh, you know, when we, we don't have, um, you know, elected officials or, or even our state treasurer uh, acknowledging um, what, what a harm that has in our, our economy, I, I really think that's a problem. I mean, even just this past weekend, you know, he was at a Republican event um, where, you know, people were wearing the MAGA hats, the Trump banners were waving. It was a, uh, you know, par- partially indoor event where, you know, I, I didn't see anyone uh, on the images I saw wearing masks. Um, and, you know, he's speaking and riling them up and he's the only statewide elected official there. Well, that has an effect. That has an effect when a statewide elected official is showing up to that type of rally and encouraging behavior that we know just from a study that The Economist did just a week or so ago that when, when people wear masks, every person who wears a mask increases over $50 to the gross domestic product of the state of the United States. We know that's good for the economy and, and he's out there doing the opposite. And so I, I just really think that um, everything obviously is interrelated, uh, but but my focus at this point is doing the job. In fact, he's not doing his job as state treasurer, not showing up, and he's skipping the necessary meetings to be doing the job um, is, is particularly uh, problematic, and it's my, my focus on changing right now. I was hoping you were going to get back to that. You say that he's only attended half of his required board and commission meetings? That's right. And, you know, I was talking earlier about the state investment board uh, meetings in particular, which, again, is this fundamental uh, part of the job, uh, the legislature uh, has has made it very critical that the that the uh, state treasurer uh, be there at, at those at those uh, position at, at the state investment board meetings because these things affect the maintaining people's pensions, making sure when people retire that their money is there, uh, makes a decision related to over a hundred billion dollars of state investments, uh, and he's only attended three of the last twenty state investment board meetings. He's only personally attended three of the last 20 state investment board meetings. Uh, it it, it, it kind of, it, it, it's shocking. And what's even more concerning is what he was doing and how he, what he was prioritizing instead. Um, you know, at the June meeting, when the June meeting was addressing a $6 billion shortfall and decrease in our pension dollars in the first quarter returns, um, at the same time that he was supposed to be at that meeting, he was instead hosting and holding a fundraiser with bank lobbyists at the same time during the workday. He accepted a maximum contribution from the bank lobbyists at that meeting instead of being at that state investment board meeting to address the pension dollars of the people of the state of Washington. It is not right. It is fundamentally a problem. And it gives you an indication of what's going on here. I mean, at the next meeting, the July meeting, I attended that meeting. It was incredibly insightful. We had the best and brightest minds at that meeting talking about what we needed to be doing as a part of the recovery, the economic recovery of the state of Washington. Not only was he not there, there was nothing else on his calendar. Nothing. I mean, these, these, we need all hands on deck. We are in an economic crisis. And we need to make sure we're doing all we can to best represent 
the people of the state of Washington in terms of getting us out of it and making sure we're protecting working families and retired folks at all times in the financial decision we make. Well, I think we need you in the job of state treasurer. You've made that very clear. So what can we do for you? Uh, let, let us know what you need for your campaign. Well, how, how do we get you uh, so that you maintain your lead uh, in, in November and get you across the finish line and into the into the chair? Well, th- well, first of all, you know, so many of you have been such great supporters already. You know, I recognize so many names uh, here because of the support that, that you provided uh, our campaign. But you know, one of the things, again, I'm proud of is you know, we're running a statewide race with no corporate donations. Um, and we already have more individual contributions than any state treasurer campaign in the history of our state. Um, and, you know, and that's what's really exciting. I mean, we, we, have, we have over uh, 2,000 individual contributions uh, at this point. Uh, the incumbent uh, has uh, uh, less than a third of that amount, and he's been an incumbent for four years. Um, and I think it gives you some, some idea of where those priorities are. You know, I'm out trying to connect with people through opportunities like this. He's holding banking fundraisers with bank lobbyists when he's supposed to be doing his job with the State Investment Board. Um, but, but we can only do that by the continued support of so many of you. So truly, I can't tell you how much I appreciate those $5, $10, $15, $25 donations. Uh, because so many people are coming uh, as a part of this, this uh, campaign, we're, we're really, uh, we're getting there and we're running a statewide campaign. And I, and I think we're gonna be successful in November if we keep doing what we need to, need to do to get across the finish line. So I'll put my contact information here and obviously any, any uh, donations would, would be really appreciated, would, would make a, a big difference as we go forward. And I always do a plug to get involved with the state party's coordinated campaign. That always helps when people are making phone calls to get the word out. Uh, and, you know, it's one of the things I was talking to Kat about uh, earlier was, you know, a lot of these down ballot races, uh, people don't vote. I always like to point out the state treasurer race four years ago, even though there were two Republicans on the ballot, that's how we got a Trump supporting Republican, by the way, with two Republicans on the ballot. Um, that in that race, 650,000 fewer people voted for state treasurer than voted for governor. And that's more people than, the, than many states in our union, or at least some states in our union. And so it's important that everyone votes, get involved in the coordinate campaign. And obviously, I'll put my link in here for anyone who wants to help support uh, our campaign in particular. And for the podcast and for radio, can you uh, give it to us verbally, please? Sure. It's electmikep, as in mikepalacciati.com. And uh, it's the same uh, way to connect with me on. Facebook is uh, at elect Mike P. Mike Pellicciati, Representative Pellicciati, thank you so much for taking the time tonight. It has been great talking with you. Uh, I'm feeling charged up. I, I hope you are too. It, it, I am. It's always such a pleasure. So good to see all of you. And thanks for all that you're doing. Thanks again to Representative Mike Pellicciati. Thanks also to Kat Pipkin with the Washington Indivisible Network and Julie Anjievsky with Indivisible Tacoma. And that is it for today. Our website is indivisiblepodcast.org and our email address is indivisiblepodcast at gmail.com. The Washington State Indivisible Podcast is a production of Get Creative Inc. and is part of the Demcast family of podcasts. Learn more about Demcast at demcastusa.com. Thanks this week to Catherine Fysears. Special thanks to Lori Colwell. And as always, my thanks to you for listening. We'll talk to you next time. Next time. Bye.